Hello, and welcome to the Spire's Lookout, the unofficial podcast for Too Many Bones, Cloud Spire, and all things Chip Theory Games. Music by Montplaisir. Hey there, everybody. So just a quick little editor's note here. We had uh, just a couple of technical hiccups when recording these first two episodes. Um, Instead of using the very nice microphone that I was bought by my wife, uh, I instead uh, managed to use my laptop's internal hardware microphone when recording these first two episodes. Um, So bear with us. Uh, The recording is going to sound just a little bit scraggly. Um, I'm pretty new to this, or I should say we're pretty new to this whole podcasting endeavor so uh, bear with us we're going to get better I promise but uh, <laughs> just a fair warning on this one moving on <laughs> don't start now <laughs> so glad I've got that on recording oh my God. Uh, I am one of your hosts uh, Nicholas Bird and I'm here with my co-host Caleb Caleb <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're just going with uh, we're just going with first names for him he's mysterious yeah. um so yeah, this uh, this show is going to be, I don't know, we're, we're kind of thinking we want this to be a little bit of a deep dive sort of podcast about these games that we really like. Um, Caleb and I, we got into playing Too Many Bones, gosh, would it have been two, three years ago now? Probably something like that. three, yeah. And uh, we, I remember the very first day we pulled it out, and we just had the base game at that point, just the, you know, the basic four gear locks and the base game stuff and we played for what eight nine hours yeah so two games (laughs) (laughs) something like that um yeah we played it a lot pretty non-stop and we've kind of been addicted ever since um so yeah we uh we want to talk about ourselves a little bit and we'll talk about you know what we want to cover on the show um so yeah let's uh let's 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 jump right in here um I'm thinking I'll start off, we'll just kind of do like a little bit of a brief um, introduction to each of us, and I think it'd be fun if we do our favorite game in there too. Um, So me, Nick, hi. Um, I am a pretty avid board gamer. Um, I'll play just about anything all the time. Um, I really like cooperative games in particular, Um, things like uh, Sentinels of the Multiverse and uh, Spirit Island, and of course our favorites, Too Many Bones, Burn Cycle. Uh, Cloud Spire, and uh, I also really enjoy um, I really enjoy solo games. So like the new Hoplomachus Victorum is amazing. I'm really excited for uh, for some of the other chip theory creations they've got coming out. My favorite game is uh, is Too Many Bones. I love Too Many Bones. It is just so massive, and there's so much you can do with it. So yeah, how about you? Yeah, my name's Caleb. I uh, honestly I play pretty much any game. I really like deck builders. I think that's my bread and butter. I also like cooperative games as well. I think that's something that me and Bird play the most. Um, I gotta say Spirit Island is probably my favorite game. It's one that uh, Nick introduced to me, and ever since, I've always wanted to play it every time we come over. I have the Steam game as well. I would recommend that. Um, obviously, like the board game components, but it's kind of nice having the uh, achievements that you can unlock on Steam. I think that's one of my biggest things for uh, for board games getting on steam so you can get those achievements totally well and i mean i even love doing things like that i don't know if you've tried doing um oh what's it called is it board game 
uh, gosh, the name is escaping me here. Tabletop, tabletop RP. It's not tabletop RPG. What's it called? Like virtual tabletop. Yeah, the one you got tabletop on Steam. simulator. Yeah. That's the one on on Steam. They have great um, mods for just about everything. Um, they've got including one that's fantastic for too many bones. Um, and, you know, I've messed around with that one just a little bit. Um, and I even know there are some people in the community who exclusively, you know, play things on uh, tabletop simulator. And, uh, you know, if that's the way that you like to do it, go for it. But what do we really like? Um, we, we like components, uh, which is why we're such big fanboys of Chip Theory. Um, you know, they're super duper about those big, hefty, high quality components. I mean, if you've ever played a Chip Theory game, you know the, the, the chip stack clink. You know oh, what yeah. I'm talking about. I almost want to go. Sounds good, feels good, tastes good. <laughs> tastes good. It's delicious. I'm honestly going to grab some so that we can hear them clink. If you can find them. Yeah, seriously. We'll just grab a couple of quick chips there. And now for the ASMR. I know, the ASMR. I dropped it. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's fun. It's fun to have these high-quality components. And, and, and I don't know about you, but I always, feel, I always feel so nice when I have these, like, indestructible components. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. there's so many Not board games. To totally. Last a long time. Well, and I know that um, they, they kind of talk about Chip Theory Games, the, like, two creators, I think, the, or the founders of the company. Um, I want to say it's Adam Carlson and maybe it's Josh Carlson. Uh, Adam Carlson and his cousin. Just a quick little editor's note here jumping in. Um, It's Josh Carlson. Adam Carlson and Josh Carlson. I don't know how in the world I forgot that. Anyway. Um, I know that they, you know, they started it together and I think the story goes that one of them ruined a board game of the other ones, like a big, expensive cardboard board game, ruined it by spilling some water. Oh. And they were just so, you know, heartbroken. It's devastating. It is devastating. And, I mean, especially you spend, you know, you spend hundreds of dollars on these board games and you get attached to them, you get, you know, so engaged with them, and then to have them broken or ruined by something so simple. You can't tell, but there are literal tears streaming from our eyes. It's true. It's true. Just thinking about it, we're just sobbing. Um, <laughs> so we love chip theory games because they they really are they're just they're indestructible they last forever you can play them underwater if you're so inclined um they've got you know custom heat printed dice these really nice stitched neoprene mats i love the neoprene mats yeah they're super nice i like i get them for like all my games now it's kind of a problem because i spend too much money <laughs> doing that but uh, <laughs> but i love them they're so nice and i mean like Especially if you're playing like a card game or if you've right. got like anything that needs them up. So good. Um, and that's another thing with Chip Theory. They have the plastic cards. Yep. I, f- I feel like you don't even need to sleeve them because they're so nice. Yeah. And they do come with very nice cards. And they're, again, they're practically indestructible. And then, of course, they've got those big, thick Chip Theory poker chips. And uh, those those just feel very satisfying. I always feel like I'm 
you know, some grizzled old poker player saying all in, but I'm, you know, I'm playing my... I feel like an adult playing this game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's Grown. the only thing in my life. And then, of course, you've got really high amounts of strategy, replayability, and there's just so much heart. There's so much character to all of these. I mean, all of the encounter cards, there's hundreds of encounter cards for Too Many Bones, and all of them written very lovingly. You can really yeah. feel the flavor of the world building. Um, there's this one. There's this one fellow. I forget his name. Is it uh, Shut Up and Sit Down? I think the YouTube video. I don't know if you've seen it, but the Shut Up and Sit Down video. Uh, they're really famous board game reviewers on YouTube, and they talk about too many bones. And uh, and the main fellow he talks about how it almost feels like an '80s dark fantasy, right? You know, he could he can see. Uh, pick it, you know, being played by famous actors of the time or just, you know, like, I, I think it really does have some heart to the world. So let's talk about the show a little bit and kind of how we want things to be. Um, we're going to have a number of different episodes and different kinds of episodes. Um, we, I, I've kind of got a little bit of a numbering system planned. Um, you know, I've got our zero point, you know, whatever episodes, those are going to be, you know, the first one, will, this episode will be a 0.0 episode. It's kind of our introduction to everything. Um, any bones episodes are going to be, you know, one point, whatever. So the first one will be 1.0 and then 1.1 and then 1.2 and so on. And then we'll have some cloud spire mixed in there, some hoplomachus some burn cycle, and uh, we're kind of looking at some of the other chip theory games that are, you know, supposed to be coming out pretty soon. 20 Strong, Elder Scrolls. We've got some cool ones, but um, let's talk about Bones. I think we'll probably spend the most time yeah. on Bones. Bones is the biggest one by far. Yeah, well, I mean, it's massive. It's huge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Especially were... with the uh, box that you've gotten. Oh, the Trove Chest, yes. I know. That I can almost write off the, uh, the the trove chest as a, you know, I can I can write it off as like a space saving expense, you know. Um, but so bones, too many bones. We we call it bones a lot of times. Uh, it's a one to four cooperative, one to four player cooperative uh, board game. It's a role playing dungeon crawler. So game revolves around a party of gearlocks. They're kind of halfway between like a hobbit and a goblin. That's how I always explain them. Because they've got kind of that mischievous sense, like a goblin. Yeah. Um, but they're also still pretty, I don't know, cutesy and, and fun like a hobbit. And they're definitely the, the good characters for the most part. Totally, totally. And I mean, there are some bad gear locks that they've got mixed into the story. They've got Nobulus in there, Duster for a little while. Um, and they are adventuring around this fantastical land called Daylor. Uh, it's got amazing replayability. There are 17 different gear locks. Each have multiple uh, viable playstyles. There's a lot of different tyrants and baddies that you can also go up against. Uh, I mean, there's just there's so many different ways you can play the game. It's very diverse. You can play it by yourself, like we've mentioned, or you can play with other people. Um, the missions there they range just for what was it easy? It was like easy, medium, hard, and then there's mm -hmm. a, another difficulty after that. Um, even the easy difficulty could easily take two hours. Um, so you really, you you want to play everything, you're going to put a lot of hours into the game. Totally. Well, and it's really it's really satisfying gameplay, too. I always feel like the spatial puzzle, well, I shouldn't say it's always satisfying gameplay, but vast majority of the time is very satisfying gameplay. And, I mean, for the amount of hours that you can get out of this game, I really do feel like it's very, it's very cost-effective. Yeah, know? and even with one or two gear locks, there are so many different ways you can play them. 
where mm-hmm. even if you want to if you want to replay that one gear lock four or five times and just kind of get a hang of it try the different aspects of that character's absolute um, set that they come with yeah totally and i mean there's so many different you know their skill trees are so intricate and can be built in so many different ways i feel like i don't know i really feel like it's it's almost a puzzle in and of itself just how you construct your character and then how you play that character with you know all of the bad guys in the mix and then any teammates that you have it's it's just it, it's really fantastic system right um, and really the heart of the game, I think, lies in that role-playing and building your character. Um, you know, that's that's kind of where Too Many Bones shines is in just feeling, in really feeling like you're part of the world. Um, I really think that it kind of emphasizes these tight tactical combat puzzles. You really only ever have eight dudes on a map. Like, that's it, it, this is not a huge dudes on a map board game. Um, you know, there's there's lots of those out there, and I mean, Cloudspire is a little bit more of a dudes on the map kind of standard board game, like Twilight Imperium. You've seen those, um, but this is it's much smaller kind of yeah, tactical. Yeah, a lot more of the technicality really just comes from what character you're playing and what bad guy you're going against. Totally, and I mean, your strategies for different bad guys are totally right. different, right? Because if you've got someone that you're going up against who's like got the hardy, mm-hmm. right, where they can only take a maximum mm-hmm. of one damage. Your strategy versus them is going to be very, very different from somebody who's got, you know, say a ton of defense, right? Right. Um, so yeah, it's it's really mm. nice in that way. So yeah. So the other thing, the other board game that we want to talk about on this show is Cloudspire. So this is yet another chip theory game, of course. But Cloudspire is a one to four player asymmetric war game. It's got a variety of different game modes that includes competitive, cooperative, and solo. Um, gameplay kind of mostly revolves around these various factions battling for control of a magical resource called Source um, atop these floating islands in the sky. So, Caleb, I don't know, you want to tell us a little bit about Cloudspire and your thoughts in playing it so far? Yeah, I mean, I I haven't played a whole lot of Cloudspire. Mm-hmm. From what I have played, um, it's... There's a lot more strategy involved, which is something that I always look for in a, a board game. Yeah, it's kind of grand strategy. Yeah, it's more like grand scheme. There, it's it's a bit of a smaller map than than you would kind of think, but it's definitely bigger than uh, Too Many Bones for sure. I, I'd say it's about a medium-sized map. Is kind of how I classify it, but definitely you you basically start out with certain characters um, from the race that you pick. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe, oh, what was the, the one I started out with with the bugs? Oh, you played you played as the Grige. The, the Grige. The, they're like uh, kind of Zerg-esque if you've ever played StarCraft. They're, they're, they're big floating bugs. Yeah, and you basically you get all your characters out and you all of them obviously have different components, range, um, defensive, more aggressive um, movement-based characters. And totally. Basically, it's just a 1v1. You have to kill all the enemy's characters and then get to their base and destroy mm-hmm. that. Um, it's something that you can probably take a long time with if you have two very good players. You really can. Killing at each other. I know when when Bird was playing with the pirates, uh, I was playing with the uh, was the bird race. I think you were playing as the airs. Yep. Yes, the, the airs. birds. That game took probably a good two or three hours just because we were at a stalemate. For sure, yeah. It was a it, it's a little bit of a longer running game, and and I do think that the the head to head competitive mode 
can kind of lead to those stalemate scenarios a little bit. Right. Uh, but fortunately, there's uh, there's some other things that are kind of built into the game system, like playing it solo. I've really enjoyed my time with playing it solo. Um, I also think that it's pretty solid when you do the cooperative versions. I know we haven't done any of those, but right. it's almost the same kind of thing. So the solo, like if you've ever played like like StarCraft, right? You know how there's like the big campaign mode where you play through and you've got these little unique scenarios for each race and, you know, the missions are kind of designed to make you play, um, you know, play around one unit and their abilities, right? So like in StarCraft, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll have a mission just around your like speeder unit or whatever. And Cloudspire is really very similar in that, you know, it'll kind of build this map and build a scenario around one particular unit and teach you everything the game has to offer. And it's really cool the way it's designed. But I do agree. I think that the competitive version of the game is a little bit lacking. Um, I also know that you can go up to four players. Um, right. I've Which, only done that yeah, once. You don't really do that too often. I thought I thought it was much. I thought it was a little yeah. too much. It, it also seems kind of like one of those games where everyone kind of gangs up on one person. Totally. <clears throat> which is never all that fun unless, you know... It can be. <laughs> unless you're, like, family. And, yeah. We played, I think... <laughs> I think the four-player game that I did do was with my siblings. Right. And they did all gang yep. up on me. Yeah, of course they did. And so I, I remember just getting, you know, crushed to a pulp in that game. And fortunately, I love that game system, so I had a great time regardless, but... It, it, it can be a little bit brutal. So um, I do think that kind of the, the best portion of the game really is that solo version right. of the game. You know, that campaign is so well done. Um, the story is, I mean, it's not incredible story, but it is engaging. And, uh, and yeah, I, I really do feel like it's an RTS game on the table, which is awesome. Yeah. You can the also... intricate combat is probably the, my favorite part about the game, at least. Totally. Yeah, you've got you've got these really intricate combat scenarios that are you know so unique because you can have one uh, unit from one faction, you know, like the Narora faction. These like they're kind of like space energy beings, and then versus say the bugs, you know, they are going to have very different uh, engagements versus you know the birds and the grove tenders. Um, so yeah, I really do think that the heart of that game lies in the asymmetry of the factions and in the broad-scale strategy. I also think that this game is... It, it also really benefits from repeat plays with the same faction. Um, something I really like about just about every Shape Theory game. Right. I think that, you know, playing with the same Too Many Bones characters really benefits. Yep. Um, I think playing with the same factions in Cloudspire is a huge benefit just because... growing appreciation for one class that you basically can just carve out a strategy for. Yeah. You can <clears> figure <throat> out, like... Especially in, in Cloud Spire, there are so many different ways you can play that game. You can play a little bit more aggressively. You can play defensively. You could play around just getting as many troops out as possible. Yeah. You, there's a lot of different things you can do, and it might not be the best thing for one race. So just playing over and over again and against different classes and being able to figure out which play style is the best for that one, it can take quite a few games to fully understand your, your characters. For sure, and I do think that the uh, I do think that the solo mode really helps with that too, because you know I I, I love going through like I remember when I first got the Grige faction because they're they're like an expansion faction. Um, I remember when I first got them, I was so excited to play their new. Uh, I was excited to play them in like a competitive setting, and 
I just got the floor wiped with me. I didn't understand how they worked. I didn't understand what was going on. And so I played a couple of the missions in the solo mode, and then suddenly it was like, it all clicked, you know? And that was really fun. Um, I also think it feels a lot like a MOBA, and I think that that's yeah. really cool. It's, it's very interesting in that factor. For sure, because you don't, you don't really see that a lot with board games. You don't see no. them really go into the MOBA scene, and obviously it's kind of difficult to do in a board game, but... I don't know. I think they've done a, a fantastic job of that. Well, let's move on to the next one here. So our 3.0 episodes, we are going to have those be Hoplomachus. Uh, Hoplomachus, commonly known as Hoplo by the community, they've actually got two separate games out at the moment. Um, so number one, we've got Hoplomachus Remastered. That's a one to four player tactical combat game. They've got, again, a number of different play modes. You can do competitive PvP, uh, cooperative PvE, solo, there's all kinds of stuff. Then you've also got Hoplomachus Victorum. Um, that's a solo-only campaign game with an emphasis on building this team to combat an endgame boss. And it's lengthy. Like, doing a, a full Hoplomachus Victorum game, it, like, 8 to 10 hours has been normal for me. Um, I tend to... I, I really can't play that all in one sitting. So I yeah. tend to leave it out. Unfortunately, the game system is really well designed to be packed up into the box again um, in the middle of your campaign and just pick up where you left off, almost like a save state. But, uh, but yeah, I, I tend to just leave it out on the, on the table and play, you know, I'll do uh, a couple of missions. I'll play maybe 30, 45 minutes, and then I'll leave it, you know, and I, I'll do that at the end of my day or something like that. And both games can be integrated with each other, which is really cool. They've got some great cross-compatibility. Um, and I also think that there is some interesting asymmetry with Hoplomachus, although I don't think it's quite as strong as with um, Cloudspire. Like Cloudspire, the different factions work totally different. You've got the Grove Tenders, these plant people that are all about, you know, growing and making their units change and morph. Uh, versus the, you know, the heirs, these bird people that are really fast and, you know, all about these quick, you know, raid forces, basically. And Hoplomachus doesn't really have that same asymmetry in their factions, but they do have some interesting asymmetry in their individual units. Um, and trying to come up with a good way to have a unit composition, it, it's pretty fun. Right. Um, I think that this one, I think that when we talk about Hoplomachus on this show, it'll probably be in the Hoplomachus Victorum vein um, because I think that that's what I've grown to like the most. And I think that that's kind of echoed in the community. I've seen a lot of people on BoardGameGeek say basically the same thing. Uh, but yeah, let's let's move on to the next one. We've got, uh, we've got Burn Cycle on here. Do you want to tell yeah. us about Burn Cycle? Yeah, so Burn Cycle, um, basically you got a bunch of cool robots. Uh, was it post-apocalyptic? Yeah, it's kind of, it's almost reverse dystopia, you know? <laughs> yeah, and you've got a bunch of these cool different robots. Um, all of them have their own um, kind of just ways of playing the game. You've got, it's it's an interesting game because you have uh, basically a system like the web. Yeah. Where you can infiltrate that. It's kind of like a hacker, I guess. Would yeah, you like hack into the, into the main frame. Yeah, you've got characters like that. You've got characters that are more stealth-based. They can turn invisible or they got extra movement. And you have tanks, yep. bigger, bulky robots. Um, there's some that can break through walls. There's some that are just really good with health and combat stats. Yeah. Um, so there's a ton of different ways you can do it. Basically, it's a heist game. It's like infiltration. 
you're trying to get in, you have an objective, um, there are different um, corporate entities that you can break into, and then there will be a different objective that you're trying to achieve based on that corporate entity. Uh, most of the time you are either doing espionage or you are just destroying something that they have um, that you don't want around, I guess. Yeah, totally. The mission, I have noticed the mission variety. It's, it can be, it can be pretty diverse, you know, because yeah. sometimes you just have to get in and get to a point. Sometimes you have to get in, get to the point, get out. Right. Sometimes you have to, it's, there's like escort missions that I've seen in there. It's, uh, it's got some nice diversity in the way that these little missions can carry out. And then there's the fact that if you even, because it is a very difficult game, even if you can get through the first floor, there are two more floors yeah. that you can continue on. Yeah, a lot of... There's a countdown timer, and it does not reset the countdown timer. No, so no it's it not. increasingly more difficult as you go up the floors. It does. It is a, it is a tough game. It's a hard one. Um, it's, it's really fun. I've, yeah. I've enjoyed our time with, uh, with Burn Cycle. We've played it mostly together. I think I've played maybe one solo mission, but most of our time uh, playing that was the two of us. And... Uh, yeah, and so far it's good. I, I don't feel like we really have a ton of experience with the game yet. No. I don't feel like I don't feel ready to talk about that one just yet, but I think that's no. fine. I think I, I think face value for the game is the most that I really have experience with because I mean totally. obviously we we have all the expansions of course. Um, <laughs> Actually, I'm missing a couple of them. Are you? Oh, I yeah. am. I know. You'd, you'd be surprised. I can't keep up with them sometimes. But um, they have uh, really expensive miniatures. Uh, I'm they're a big miniature guy. Oh, cool. <laughs> what are they? Copper? They they're, yeah, they're very copper. heavy copper. Oh, I think they're brass. Actually. Are they brass? Mm -hmm. Okay. These big um, miniatures. Metal minis. Yes. And, and they, they are very detailed as well. So detailed. And they have the magnets yes. that go onto the chips oh, themselves. The chips. It's it's like the coolest thing in the world. It's like <laughs> it's it's a fun game to just have and play with. It is even if like you don't know really what you're doing or it's not as enjoyable. Just it's having such, those big ass minis on the board. It's such a collector's just, game. The even the map is mm -hmm. pretty. Uh, I think it looks pretty good. It's it it's not like the most expensive, you know. But it's still it's still that really nice yeah. thick stitched neoprene, and they're cool too because they have those little smaller neoprene things that lay over the bigger stitched right. neoprene, so you can kind of change the map layout all the time. Yeah, and it feels good to play. It's it's a game for sure. I think the solo is probably going to be a little bit more realistic. It is a very long yeah. game, kind of hard to table. When you do table it though, it's you've got different intricate dynamics with the characters that yes. you can match up with. Uh, like I said, they have like the the, the web. Yes, like the, the infiltration. infiltration. Yeah. I forget what they call it. I can't but remember it's, either. It, you're essentially you're cracking into the burn cycle. That's the the, the titular burn cycle there. Right. Um, and yeah, I said titular. <laughs> <laughs> we'll move on from that. Um, <laughs> well, I'm keeping that in there. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's 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 cool. It is it is very much a heist game. It's very stealth based. Um, you do have some minimal combat in yes. there, but it really takes a backseat to the stealth, and I think that's a good thing. Yeah, it makes more sense for what the game is. It, yes, it does. Um, I've also seen Burn Cycle. Burn Cycle tends to be pretty popular with people who really like the stealth games. Um, right. That's mostly what I've seen, which I don't know. I, I don't normally love stealth games, personally. Yeah. Um, I do think that Burn Cycle might be, in, in my opinion, maybe a little bit on the weaker side of their lineup. 
but it's a chip theory game. I'm always going to be down to play a chip theory game. Um, so yeah, other episodes that we're going to have on here, we're going to have our zero, uh, zero point zero episodes. These are going to be meta episodes, miscellaneous episodes, show notes, updates, basically just goodies, anything that doesn't fit into the above categories. And we may even have some others. Um, we do have some fantastic, uh, not too many bones, some fantastic chip theory games, uh, content that is on the horizon. They have finished their Kickstarters for 20 Strong, which is a solo card game that uses some dice, and they use different universes for it. It's like kind of a deck builder almost. Um, it's, it's really interesting. I really like it. I'm waiting for my copy to get here. Um, and they're going to do a ton of different universes for that. So they've got one set in the Too Many Bones universe. They've got one set in the Hoplomachus universe. And one... Well, it's not Burn Cycle. I forget what the other <laughs> one is. And expect expansions. Oh, they've got one that's original. The Solar Sentinels. Oh, okay. It's actually, it's really cool. It's like, you've got these big, like, moon bugs. And then these, like, they're, like, almost, um... What's it called? What's the anime? With, like, the big mecha robots and laser swords. Oh, man. What's the one I'm thinking of? Is it Sailor Moon? No. It's, um... I can't remember. <laughs> doesn't matter. It feels like anime stuff. You've got these big laser sword knights fighting against these moon bugs. It's really cool IP. I quite like it. Another editor's note for today's episode. I was thinking of Gundam. Get it together, Nick of the past. And then, of course, we've got the big one, um, Elder Scrolls. They just finished that Kickstarter earlier this year with an expected delivery. I think it's next year, end of next year, uh, in 2024, and it looks wow. Yeah, very high hopes for that board game. Totally. I am so stoked for it. It really looks like they have taken the character designing from uh, Too Many Bones and kind of filled that with Elder Scrolls. Right. And I mean you got to love Elder Scrolls. Yeah, who doesn't like Elder Scrolls, let's be honest? And the art looks amazing. I love the art that they've done for it, and it just, oh, it looks so cool. I'm really excited for that one to come out. We've got some time before that one gets here, but, man, I think that that is going to be a little bit of a game changer. So, obviously, as these things come out and they come uh, to be available, I think we'll probably end up talking about them. But, uh, yeah, uh, as far as content structure, I'm thinking something of an interview structure. I'm right. thinking we have one of the two of us kind of be the interviewer and the other one be the interviewee. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I think that dynamic would work. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of what we're thinking. So I will probably prep the first uh, episode or two. Um, of course, we're planning on doing Too Many Bones as our very first one, uh, first real episode, I should say. Um, I would love to see some guest voices. If we can ever get that to happen, I think that would be really cool. Right. Um, I want to see how this does. I want to see, you know, if there is an audience for this. Um, and, you know, maybe we'll just end up being a couple of voices yelling into the yeah. darkness. And that's and okay. I mean, <laughs> if you are listening, feel free to comment. We would like to see other people's opinions mm -hmm. on what we were talking about on the board games that we also love. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, if you are interested in coming on to the show, you're interested in talking about something... Um, let us know, and we can kind of go from there. We don't have socials set up just yet, but no. we will. <laughs> um, so I will have those set up by the time this is posted. And, yeah, anything else that we're missing before we say our goodbyes? I think that about wraps it up. Okay. Well, uh, you can find us on the socials that I will post, 
and have a great day, uh, I don't know, crushing some baddies. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Hey there, folks. Nick again here, uh, coming back at you with a little bit more uh, nice quality microphone sound. Uh, Again, apologies for the sound quality on this episode. We've also already recorded our second episode at this point, and we did the exact same thing with that one. I didn't figure out until after we had recorded it. Uh, so we had a ton of fun with these, uh, a ton of fun rather, with these first two episodes, and I'd really like to keep them. So I'm going to be checking that other episode. We'll see how it goes. Also, just wanted to make a quick little note that our current cover art is temporary, uh, so expect to see something different there shortly. In the meantime, though, I just wanted to leave us a couple of quick notes at the end of the show here. Uh, First off, I'd like to again thank my co-host Caleb for appearing on the show. Really excited to be working with him. I'd also like to thank Montplaisir for the fantastic music that we had uh, at the beginning of our show. And of course, I'd like to thank my lovely wife, Victoria, for her support in all of this, as well as this fantastic microphone. Um, Again, my name is Nicholas, and you can reach us at thespireslookout at gmail.com. If you have any questions, concerns, comments, anything similar, feel free to send them our way. Uh, 